Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldman over there through the screen. I can pronounce my R's. It is the one and only Ryan Whitledge. Ryan, what's up, man? What is up, buddy? Long time no see. Uh, Long time this has no been see. like, I don't know, 97 attempts in the making. Let's see. We've tried to record from the uh, the deep hills on my way to the beach. I yep. tried to record one other time. I was told I got kicked off recordings because I sound like I was trapped in the bottom of a well. That is true. Uh, you sound much better. <laughs> and uh, and then you avoided a kidnapping last week. So, uh, but here we are. I did. Yeah, here we are. I, I'll i try to make this story quick. I did want to tell it on air because our car broke down on the interstate from Portland to Seattle. Ryan, so many things went, went right with this. Like if your car has to break down on the interstate on a 95 degree day, like multiple belt failures, it literally happened right before a rest stop. So we, the power steering goes out, AC goes out, like it's it rolling into the rest stop. If it had happened anywhere else, we would have been stranded on the side of the road. That's point number one. Point number two, there was a rental car company in Olympia that had a car and we had checked with like a several different companies and they didn't. So that was point number two. Then the last thing and most important, like, if you're listening, which I know you're not, shout out to Kendra and Monica because we were sitting there in the heat. Lyft couldn't pick us up or didn't want to. How are we going to get to the car, right? Had all this stuff. And Cassie was like, that looks like a nice couple at the rest stop. And I'm like, okay, like, do you want to talk to them? And Cassie's like, no. And I'm like, I don't. We're both whatever. And Cassie goes and talks to them. And they literally give me a ride to Olympia, like 18 miles away, like to the rental car place. They give Cassie blueberries. They're the nicest people on earth. Like so and, kind. And, like, and that's how you ended up in the bottom of a bathtub with no kidneys. No, no they were so nice. And I mean, it was funny too, because they did before I got in the car, because the rental car's in my name. So I had to go, they go, you're not a serial killer, are you? Are you? And I'm like, no, are you? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, we're good. Like, so all to say, 16 hours of driving in two days between having to go to Seattle, north of Seattle, pick up the car, come back up, 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 up. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm ready to talk Blazers. What's isn't new with it, you? Do you have isn't any- it funny how times have changed since we were kids? Like we grew up and it was don't get in cars with people you don't know. <laughs> uh, and then when the internet came about, never meet strangers from the internet and uh, never invite random people from the internet over to your house. Now, all three of those things are regular aspects of daily lives. Like we, we order our groceries and our food and strangers bring them to us. Oh, that's another thing. Don't eat food from strangers. You know that, you know, now strangers bring us food to our door and we just trust them you order strangers to come pick you up and drive you around it's just everything is hey and in this case uh i met you in what is now the modern day chat room of the internet so it's it's, true it's just weird how everything that we were warned against as kids is now considered part of regular normal everyday life it is weird although i do think of it this way even before the internet, like you would bump into people and meet people and like, you know, like look for a partner and like find like people, strangers, sorry, strangers interacting is not new. Right. And I do think it's like, yes, the internet has made it. If you want to like mess with someone has made it easier. Mm-hmm. And also we're, we're kind of like, just use like, do they pass the vibe check? Right. <laughs> like, and I, again, shout out to, you know, Kendra and Monica, like the, (laughs) the amount of like vibe checking you have to do for someone stranded at a rest stop. That's like a very high bar, right? Like, I mean, 
And I like, it, it's, I don't know all to say, <laughs> but you're right. It is. It's bizarre. We live in yeah. strange times. Um, mm-hmm. So here we are. The people have demanded we record. We are recording. <laughs> all um, two of them. All two, <laughs> at least three. Um, so I guess, where do you want to start? Like, I'll be honest, like, and I told you before we started recording, like my mind has been on anything but the Blazers. I mean, I've been keeping up with my podcast. I've been keeping up with Lockdown. I've been keeping up with Jack Ramsey's. I've been keeping up with the national podcast that talk Blazers. So I, I guess through osmosis, I kind of know what, what's going on and I maybe have some hot takes, but you, sir, you did some organizing. You're a responsible adult. Where do you want to steer this ship? So it's funny because about your level of, of being plugged in is about my level of being plugged in. So the two of Perfect. us who have been literally plugged in are two going to host people talking about something that they like, well, what more can Ex- you ask for? Exactly. But no, I mean, it's, but I mean, there's not that much to stay like dialed in for, like I'll admit, you know, Blazers, uh, you know, now won the summer league championship, obviously it's going to repeat before we're going to go to the Western conference finals again this year, just put it Let's in the go. books. It's, it's going to happen. Um, but in all honesty, like my attention, to summer league for one, I didn't go down this year. And this is the first year where, you know, non COVID year in four or five years that I haven't gone. Um, so I was like, all right, fine. Now I actually get to sit down and, and watch and enjoy these games because I will admit when I go down to Vegas for summer league, I will take one day and go and like from start to finish first game to last game, watch it all. And then my level of paying attention is kind of checked out because I'm in Vegas. There's some gambling and drinking and pool lounging to do. So <laughs> But, uh, yeah, my level of caring faded about six minutes in when Shaden Sharp went out of the game. I was like, well, the reason I'm here is, uh, is no longer here, but yeah. you know, um, so, but I did follow a lot, you know, I followed the you know, podcasts that, that you listed off, you know, I, I followed, you know, some online narratives and, you know, Jabari Walker, uh, I maintain, I've been saying forever, the Blazers were going to get Jabari. It turns out I was right. Uh, we'll see if it's the correct Jabari and then I will go and wave that banner. But, you know, he had a little bit of a breakout, but other than that, it's just kind of, you know, it's all a lot of just speculating and wishing and hoping and trying to figure out which rumors true, which one has legs, which one doesn't. But for me, the a, big th- Oh, go ahead real quick. No, I, I have a, I have one, exactly one takeaway from Blazers summer league. That's actually coming from someone else. Is this an appropriate time to talk about it? Go ahead. Okay. So I listened to the dunked on podcast with Nate Duncan and Daniel LaRue. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably my, honestly, my favorite NBA podcast. I've been listening to them for a really long time. Um, and I was surprised with their takeaway from summer league was this, and let's get your live reaction to it. Probably. I think their, their biggest takeaway from blazers summer league was how Keon Johnson looked and that he was of all of the players they saw. And by the way, these two guys, you know, whether you agree with them or not, they do a lot of like film work. They do this for a living. This is their full-time job. They take it seriously. And I'm pretty sure that Nate said of every player at summer league that Keon Johnson exceeded his expectations the most. And mm-hmm. then he, to him looks like a player who could actually contribute at the NBA level, which is, I don't think what anyone, you know, certainly not what the Clippers thought of him when they traded him to Portland. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. so, uh, Keon Johnson potentially maybe being a workable NBA player would be a big deal for this Blazers team. So do you have an opinion about that? Do you have a hot take about Keon Johnson? Is he the next, is he the next Kobe Bryant? Is he the next? No. No, I will shoot that down right now. The, I, I laugh 
constantly at the take of that, uh, you know, he's that player X is, uh, can be a contributor on the NBA level. Okay, great. Right. Uh, because towel waivers on the end of the bench are also contributors at an NBA level. There's only That's 15, pe- means, though, There's only on, 15 man, you know. people per roster, but you know, is he somebody one that, you know, if need be, uh, can step into the game and give you some spot minutes or fill in for a rest night or a possible injury night to anybody who would play a backup point guard role. Yes. Is he going to challenge anybody on this roster for a starter spot? No. Uh, does his upward progression, um, that he showed in summer league, if he can maintain that and whatever, you know, minutes he gets in, in preseason games or, you know, near the beginning of the season, does he now suddenly become a valuable trade asset? Uh, yes. So, I mean, those are all upward things, but like contributor on an NBA team. Yes major contributor for the, this trailblazers team. No, as far as on court production. But I think that you said something that's important. So this dude is really young. Uh, he's what, like 19, 20 years old. You're at the bottom of a well again. Well, I'm just saying like, he's young. So that's Mike Mike to your mouth there, bud. Uh, Oh, did there we go. You're wandering. Do you hear the tap? We hear the tap professional okay. podcaster here who has to relearn how to hold his microphone because he Yo, doesn't have a mic stand. Look, I, I, th- I don't know if I've said on the pod, we, I, I, I broke it on Twitter. We're moving to New Zealand for a year. Maybe I did say it on the pod. I can't remember. And we're having to get rid of stuff. I had to get rid of the thing that was next to my desk and it was holding my mic. So yes, now I have to hold it. It's very awkward. I hate it. Um, but Keon Johnson really quick, really quick. Uh, he's 19. He's really young, right? He's also, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not six, two, he's not six, three. He's like six, five, six, six. He's got some size. So if you have a really young guard who was, you know, picked relatively high in the first round, I, again, by the Clippers, part of the Norm Powell and Robert Covington trade last year, to six, your four, point, by the way, I believe he is taller than I just look. I just looked it up. I am looking. Where are you looking? I'm looking on basketball reference. <laughs> Where are you looking? I just went Google. Why don't you, I can't, cause now I have to hold the stupid mic and I can't like, <laughs> dude, I know it's so annoying. Cause I would look at his like combine stats, whatever. He's a little okay, bit. Okay. Basketball reference has him at six, five. So okay. we'll go. He's six, four out of shoes. He's Anyways. A, a, you know, a medium to larger sized guard. So that's, that's important. And to your point, like, even if he's not a starting level contributor for the Blazers, which is not what anyone was thinking. The fact is that the Blazers need as much depth as they can get. And yeah, it would be great if he could show enough and contribute enough on a good team to be part of a trade package this upcoming season or next year. The thing that I, and again, like I know that you have a plan for the show, so I'm not trying to, to, to run over it, but when you start talking this way, like, Oh, you know, Keon Johnson could be part of a trade, a little bit of positive value or or a depth piece. Then we're talking about, well, then what, what are the blazers doing next year and the year after? And then you're talking about how long is Dame's prime going to last? Then we're talking all that stuff, but all to say Mm -hmm. my one takeaway from summer league wasn't really about Jabari Walker. It was about uh, Keon Johnson vis-a-vis the dunked on podcast. So I'll just leave that there. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Good job, Brandon. Way to go. Cool story, bro. Way to go, Brandon. You did it. Hey, it's been a while. It's been air high fives, air high fives. (laughs) Okay. All right. So you're driving the ship. I'm just going to interject like a jerk whenever I feel so, like it. So, you know, with us loosely having 
kept up on things. We're not diving into the minutia of here's our minutes breakdown of how we think this is going to go there as you know, all the podcasts you listed off earlier, are the much smarter people to be able to, to give you that. But if there's one thing that you and I both excel at, it's disseminating and having opinions on, uh, on random internet takes. I would agree. Yeah. So I would say my strength is just foaming at the mouth. That's my so strength. This is, this is my, uh, let's see my perfunctory, uh, perfunctory internet positions, uh, segment here where I'm going to take a, a, a few of the, look at you, uh, Mr. Yeah. Thesaurus, geez, <laughs> where I'm going to take uh five, five takes that, I, that I've seen over the while. And, you know, I want to find out if, if you, you know, agree with the take, if you buy it, or if you disagree with the take and you sell it and, and your reason why, and then I obviously have my rebuttals for, for each of these, but just, just this quick little thing. And I think this encompasses most of the important things that people are concerned about or talking about, uh, in regards to the Blazers and this upcoming season. Hold on. This sounds like a new segment. Do you have a name for this segment? It's just Ryan's I did. I, text, I texted it to you, but what I is do it? not. I, I do not have my phone on me at the moment. So you gotta, you gotta look uh, it up. What did I text you? You texted me, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm pulling together. Should be in quotes. Presumption junction. There we go. Presumption junction. We'll Presumption junction. What's ex- your function? The He's exact taking thing hot I was going takes for. and then asking Brandon. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll you know. work on it. It was, it was either that or narrative nastiness, but I, I, I like presumption junction better presumption uh, junction or Ryan's hot five. However you want to dip into this. Oh God, I like no. it. That sounds like every radio show ever. The hot five at five that's, or the well, five. That's what I was thinking. It was like Ryan's hot five. And then you have all the sound effects. Yeah. I mean, that's just more work for you. Sound guy. Not if you, if you like, if you take the time to like make the, I don't know, what do you call them in the radio business? Like audio, I don't know what you call them, but those little like hits, um, mm-hmm. once you, once you've made it, you can just hit play and use it again. Like it's actually yeah. not that much work, but okay. Presumption All junction. Right. What is your function? Where, where, where are you going with this? Right. I love it. I'm, I'm on board. One, I'm on board. First I'm on one the that train. I want to know if- if you're buying or selling is that Dame main or Dame probably won't return to his pre-injury level of play. Oh my God. So I only have, I have just the choice either to buy or sell. I don't have any like, yes. Agree or disagree. And reason why. Okay. Wow. Jesus. Uh, I'm actually glad I didn't see this in advance. Cause that that's a good, that's good. And honestly, like is probably the most important question, not only for next year, but for the Blazers moving forward. If you're a fan of the franchise and want to see them succeed, I'm going to disagree. And I, here's why uh, I have found Damian Lillard to be a man of honor and a, an honest person, also an extraordinarily hard worker, also one of the most durable players over his career, um, even with, I mean, I would say even with last year, if you just add up the number of years, number of games. So with all of that being said, when Damian Lillard says, yo, I have been hampered by this specific injury for years. I couldn't move. I blah, blah, blah. And, I, and, and now I feel better beyond the point that I thought was possible. I think he had a, he had some comments like, a month after the surgery, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm better. This is great. And then like a month later, he's like, Holy shit. I'm like even better. Like what's going like that. He Mm -hmm. has been surprised by how good he feels. Um, I will say that 
he, I, so I will disagree with your premise because the premise was that he will not return to pre-injury forms. I think he will have a prime Damian Lillard season next year. Now, part of that is optimism, but so that's my take. Um, I got more to say about that, but yeah, where do you land on it? For me, it's that the concern of that Dame returning to a pre-injury form is that in order for you to want that, you have to go back six years in his career because it's it's now been well documented on by Dame himself. You know when he he was talking about you know going home and his abdomen so swollen up that he's got this knot right at his belt line that Dame hasn't been a healthy player for the last four to five seasons, and he's been playing with this okay. injury. And in all, Wait a and, no, 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 and in all of these seasons. <laughs> this is a- Trick question, bullshit. Come on, man. But in all of these seasons, he has finished in top 10 in MVP voting. He's got a couple, you know, top, top six finishes in there as well. So like the return to pre-injury level of play is that I, I, I think is just a nonsense worry because of the fact that he's been playing injured while we've been appreciating him having these, these great seasons and this great elevated level of play play that has earned him a top 75 player honor, you know, and he's finally got the issue corrected. So I think this is the first time in, you know, most of his career here that we're going to see him play injury free. And if we want to appreciate how Damian Lillard has played over the past four or five seasons and appreciate the greatness that he has brought, you can only be excited and obviously think that he is going to return at an elevated level of play from what he's had over the past couple of years. Yes. There are trick questions in here, Bob. You see the face I'm making right now. That's such a, okay. You got me, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. Let me be clear. When Mm -hmm. you look at Dan, when you say pre-injury, 99% of people basically say ignore last year. Right. And so then when you look at like from 17 to 21, you're talking about, you know, pre-injury would be like 28 points a game, you know, seven assists a game, you know, 54 to 55 effective field goal percentage, right? Like all the things Mm -hmm. that, that just took a deep dive last year. So your bullshit gotcha question aside, right? Like, yes, I'm talking about, just ignoring last year. Can he get back up to like, you know, 28 points per game on again, like 54, 55 effective field goal percentage. Yes. I do think that that's possible. So I, I, I think with him having surgically repaired an issue that he's dealt with for so long, I think he could, he could return to, I want to say he finished fourth. That's as highest he's ever finished in MVP voting in the 2017, 2018 season or whatnot. Uh, I think he could put up the numbers that he put up that season in his sleep if he's now healthy and not having to deal with a chronic injury, he could. I mean, I do also like before we move on to the next one, like to be clear, it is also possible that, you know, Dame is going to be 32 and he has, you know, 700 plus NBA games played, not to mention the playoffs. Like he's, you could see age related decline, right? So maybe he doesn't. And you know, that's possible too. I don't think it's totally out of the question. If you're like, well, maybe he'll never be the same. I don't think that's so, you know, like asinine. I think that's, that is possible. I just, I tend to believe that based on his history and based on what he's saying, that he will return to the game that we know. And that would be great if he did. You should but, jiggle your mic cord. What's that? Jiggle your mic cord there. Why? You're moving it around. It makes it skip. Mm-hmm. Again, we're doing it on the fly. See, that's why there I put you it, go. Now you're back. That's why I put it in the holder to begin with. I need to figure that out. Okay. I will try to keep my hands completely frozen in place and not move the mic at all. Let's move on to the next question. 
All right. Well, I'm glad you said something uh, about this because the next one is that Dame is getting too old and the Blazers should consider trading him. That's two questions. That's unfair. That's not two questions. Yes, it is. Dame's too old to lead the team. So obviously they need to trade him to start a youth movement Those to are build around Anthony things. Simons. We're going to parse those out. I'm just saying, okay, fine. Then we're up to like seven now. Jesus. Uh, so compound questions. All right. Uh, again, like I think the first part, the Dame is too old folds into the first answer. And I, I tend to believe that he's not. So I don't think mm-hmm. he's too old. The second part I have a different answer for, because I'm one of those people who is a soft hearted, nostalgic person. And I would like to see Damian Lillard retire in Portland. I think that that matters more to the franchise than a plus 10% chance of maybe making the Western conference finals. And then maybe, maybe, maybe making the finals. And then maybe, 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 maybe winning a championship. Look, if you ran the simulation a thousand times for next season, how many of them end in the Portland trailblazers hanging the banner? Not many. Yeah. And for me as a fan, how many of those simulations, if you run them for five years, end up with Damian Lillard having statues in Portland, many. And -hmm. I think that that matters. So for me, like, I don't think he's too old. And, uh, I also don't think the blazers should trade him even if he were too old. So even if Dame was rickety or whatever, I still say don't trade him. And by the way, if Dame looks rickety, say goodbye to any possibility of trading him, right? Like, I mean, or like, for any amount well, of value, like well, and that's where that's where the argument for like you should trade him now. Like, well, he still looks good. Like, while well, your shiny toy is still in mint condition, you know, you got to sell it before the corner or edges get creased, kind of thing. So, and I I completely understand people who take that view. I will say this that like when you listen to national podcasts, it's pretty. I think it's kind of surprising how few people who are national. Uh, basketball podcasters, they only look at it from a production and on-court value perspective. And and there is little to no credence given to how important it is for a small market franchise to have a player that represents the city and the team Mm -hmm. and that retires here like that. I don't think that they quite understand how much that matters. Like, Oh yeah, definitely trade him right now. It's the best time to do it. Like you're not even so you know, I, I get it when people go there. I think it's a, again, a fair argument. I don't agree with it, but I just do think that people are not giving enough weight to the fact that someone retiring here, that that matters. Yeah. It, it for me, it's, you know, I, I don't buy it because it it's, I've always found it weird that in the same breath, it's that Dame is getting too old and you need to trade him and then immediately turning around and heaping praise on Steph Curry, who's two years older than Dame and, and has a documented bigger injury history. Um, so I, I, and, 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 you know, take that as you will. I'm not trying to start some sort of Steph Curry versus Dame debate. They play two two different styles, you know, um, Curry definitely runs around and is a lot more active than Dame, you know, off ball stuff, but whatever, but it's, it's Curry also has had an infinitely better team around him for fucking ever. Correct. Correct. And so, <laughs> so I, I'm just, it's, it's always failed me of that. Uh, you know, he's getting too old and, and I think sports medicine these days, like in the olden days. Yeah. I mean, like you go back to like early, late nineties, hell, even early two thousands, like, yeah, 
you could make legitimate arguments for like, okay, this player's getting up there, yada, yada, yada. But you know, you have today where like LeBron James has a million dollar, you know, hyperbaric chamber in his freaking home and all this kind of stuff. Athletes are taking care of their bodies on their own with their you know, own money a hell of a lot more to prolong their careers than they used to. So, and yeah, I, I but, think, but, and I think but, that, I think that goes a, a long way towards, towards player longevity. The, uh, the other thing for me about like the, the trade it for a youth movement, I think this kind of comes from the, you know, uh, everybody demanding like immediate or grat or gratification in today's day and age of that. Like, if you don't do something in like two to three years, it's considered a failure and you need to immediately pivot. And so, you know, the Blazers, they're going on damn near a decade of things with Dame. So it just seems like they're running out a dinosaur now. Like, why haven't they gone the Oklahoma city route? Why haven't they gotten a bevy of picks? Why aren't they trying to turn this around right now, as opposed to trying to do what they can, you know, under the old regime questionably, well, TBD on Cronin uh, to build the best team that they can around Dame. So that's, yeah. that's my take. You know, uh, one other thing that comes take. into place. No, no, no. no I've tried to interject one, and you've shut I got me down one twice last now. And, I got I, uh, one last thing. And Does then everyone when people, see this? Do you see the way that he treats me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't worry. I treat my wife the same. I don't let her get a word in edgewise. <laughs> but, uh, um, no, the other thing that people want to say about like why you need to trade him is because you're paying him way too much money. And, you know, he just signed the contract extension. And I think a lot of people don't take into account exactly how much the cap is going to go up. Like we just look at the fact that Dame is eventually going to be making $60 million and thinking about it in the context of like the cap is currently like 120, like you're going to give a guy half your stuff. Uh, those TV numbers by the end of Dame's deal. And it kind of goes for everybody else's deal per se, uh, you know, it's expected to be like 150, $160 million cap. So it's all, it's all relative. Lock these guys in now when the contracts are considered high and they'll be considered cheap later. Uh, to be clear, uh, Dame's, I believe his maximum extension is a percentage of the cap. And so it's not a hard number. So 35%. Yes, it is so adjustable. So no offense, but the point you just made is completely moot because he's mm. going to get paid more if the cap goes up. So it's still a percentage of the cap. Um, it'll always be 35%. Right. So I, I and, and, okay. But it, so first of all, you're wrong because of that. Second of all, what I wanted to say about, <laughs> about like the, the human physiology part and yeah, technology is better. And I think that people know more about diet and health and sleep and training and, 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 you know, the ways that they get treatment and surgeries has all improved and also people age and they will just age. There are plenty of players whose names we, you know, have forgotten or have never known because they got hurt whose careers have been affected. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen for Dame. We know there are some players like Steph Curry who continue to have long primes, Chris Paul. We also know there are players like Darren Williams, like Baron Davis, like name the player who just ends up, they eventually just fall off a cliff and we just don't know. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, but again, my point to your question was like, is he too old? And should the Blazers trade him? A, I don't think he's too old. B, they shouldn't trade him even if he is because he matters too much to the team. Okay. So the next one is one that I know is near and dear to your heart, Mr. Brandon oh. Goldner. Okay. And this is that the Blazers need more tall people because they can't rely on Yusuf Nurkic to stay healthy. <laughs> 
They can't rely on him even when he is healthy. Um, yeah, no, they definitely they do need yes, they need more tall people. So you're and buying not, this one. It's not just it's not just because of Nurk, though, to be fair. It's like look at their depth chart. They have Nurkic, then they have some dude from Oregon State University, you know. Thanks, Drew Eubanks. Love you, but geez. Then they have, you know, someone they signed on a training camp deal. And then I don't know who they have. Like, I, so yeah, I mean, they need more tall people. It, 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 so they need more tall people separately from that. I'm not a big use of Nurkic fan, whatever. He, he's probably a fabulous human being. I just don't like him as a basketball player. I don't think you can rely on him for anything. He fits firmly into the category for me of that. It's an overpay on his contract right now. But again, when the new TV money kicks in, I, I think like his kind of deal is, and it's hard for us sports fans who remember the good old days where like a team friendly deal was like uh $4 million a year. And, <laughs> and so right. now we're looking at these numbers and it's going to be, you know, $15 million is now going to start be consider, being considered a team friendly deal. But I, I agree with that. The Blazers need more tall people because, but I don't think like for me, I'm not expecting Nurkic to play more than 70 games. If, if he yeah. can, if he can if play 60 vindicates yeah. your opinion, 60 plus is, it would be absolutely fantastic. But you know, if he plays more than 70 uh, it's, it's a miracle from the basketball gods, but I don't think that the Blazers, well, actually let me take this back. I don't think the league as a whole is, you know, there's a correction on big men and, you know, the warriors kind of skewed things a little bit with, you know, Draymond green and whatnot. But like, as far as there's a handful of teams that you can count on, you know, literally one hand that employ elite big men that, and everybody else is really good at going small. I think Nurkic, I think his minutes will be limited because I think the Blazers are going to lean into a small ball athletic, you know, style of play a lot more. Um, and I think they've got guys that, that can, I don't know, they're shorter, but they can spell him. But as far as that, do they need more tall people? Yes. Yes. I buy that because it never hurts to have more. And we've, we've coming out of a regime that believed in nothing but six, three players. <laughs> I want to do something that will shock you and will shock the world. Uh oh! Please don't streak on camera. Uh, that's coming later. <laughs> I want to present an optimistic case for use of Nurkic next year. Holy shit! I know it's a. Is this the good place? <laughs> uh, that's a great show, by the way. I love that show. Um, the optimistic case for use of Nurkic is something like this. He's not the most fleet of foot. He's not the most mobile. No, but we do know that when he was on the court, at least under a Terry Stotts defense, um, which make of that phrase, what you will Yusuf Nurkic was the most important and impactful defender. The Blazers had what I think part of what happened in the Denver series where Nurkic completely lost his focus, his concentration, his discipline, time and time and time again in the most critical moments possible, fouling out of multiple games, rewatching the film and seeing those fouls being bad, silly take fouls, frustration. This was not him playing hard. It was like he was mentally, he could not stay focused mm -hmm. and disciplined, but the optimistic case is this. If the blazers have now a coach 
that really cares about defensive intensity. If the Blazers now have a starting five and a first person off the bench and Gary Payton, the second who are slightly bigger, slightly more willing to play mm-hmm. defense. Jeremy Grant has shown earlier in his career, the willingness to do that, right? Like Simons is not a great defender, but shown the willingness to do it. Um, Gary Payton obviously has the willingness to do it. Uh, Josh Hart has the willingness to do it. And even if you look back at the bench and this year, little has willingness, maybe then Yusuf Nurkic will feel m- more supported, more vindicated in giving that defensive effort, knowing he won't be left on an Island knowing that other players around him are scrambling to make up the mistakes that used to basically only fall on him. And in that you get finally this version of Yusuf Nurkic, which is not like a world beating player, but is disciplined focused stays within the system and stays relatively consistent because that's what the Blazers need from him. So I know that this question was not you know, it, it wasn't supposed to validate or invalidate use of Nurkic, but that's where my mind went. So mm-hmm. all to say though, back to your question, they do need more tall people. <laughs> Thank you. Mike. Nurkic, we're we're on great. the Mike Richmond train for that. More tall people. <laughs> they do need more tall people. And like, you know, there are tall people to be had. I, it's funny. I saw some people online um, who were like, why haven't they signed to Marcus cousins or Dwight Howard? And it's like, well, neither have the other 29 NBA teams. And there's probably a reason for that. Right. So like it exactly. just pulled your horses on that, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. 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 And, people. and, and, and the, the better you touched on it too. Nurk is, you know, he's no longer the most important person on the Blazers defense. Like, and ideally correct. Yes. And it's now looking like he is not going to be responsible for cleaning up four other people's messes because you, you do have other capable people on the floor. But Really quick. And not, I mean, I guess I do love defending Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts defense. defense, uh, That worked pretty well. Like it, the, the, like for players, whether you want to say he didn't motivate them or didn't ask them to work, okay, whatever, or, or they just didn't have the horses to run. Mm-hmm. If Nurkic had accepted that role and he, I mean, he did, he kind of did most of the time, but um, I'm just thinking that Denver series is so hard to get out of my head. If he had just accepted, that's what was happening. And fuck. All right. I just, I gotta, I gotta be smart. I gotta lock in. I gotta stay on the court. Blazers would have won the series. Yeah. They would have won. They would have won the double overtime game. They would have won the series if not well, for that. And like, again, that's why I like, it's not all his fault, but yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of that, you know, frustration or whatnot, like he was the starter in Denver until Jokic came in and took the job away from him and became the golden child. So there's, you know, it was, there was probably oh, he only lot. became a two time MVP. Oh, darn. Yeah. Well, exactly. And so, you know, competitive nature of athletes, you know, being what yeah, it is, yeah. there's probably always some, some voice in the back of Nurkic's head. That's like, I'm better than this guy. And then when it's, easily being proven on the court that he's not getting frustrated that why can't I do this? I should be able to No, you can't. There's like one person probably in the league that can handle Jokic. And it was, you know, the guy who came in second for MVP voting last year. And look, what is like, if you look at NBA players, what is something that literally all successful NBA players have all of them money? uh, Actually, no, (laughs) most of them Um, it's confidence. Yeah. And that unshakable confidence in yourself 
I mean, that, that is of every good NBA player. Like it's, it's this extremely high level of discipline that people like me can't understand and Mm -hmm. it's hard. And like, I don't blame, I mean, as if I were talking to UC right now, little UC Nurky, I would just say to him, (laughs) as much as I criticize you, little UC Nurky, for your inconsistency, if you put my brain in your body, I would do worse. I don't have the discipline. I don't like, I don't have the confidence. Like it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult job, but that is the tie that binds all NBA players and that's his job. And you just, you have to figure out a way to like, I, I, I gotta leave my ego out of this and just, just be consistent and be disciplined. You have to. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to let you know, as we've gone on and some talking points have come up, I've, I've added two more to this. So this was this little uh, UC Nurky. God, no. And I would just, if he ever fucking <laughs> listens to this, I would like you to know that Brandon Goldner uttered those words and those did not come out of Ryan Whitledge's <laughs> mouth. I don't know where that came from. I, oh nor do God. I, and I will never, it's uh, fine. That, It'll just stay You saying the... that is like me saying tickle trunk to you. No, so. no, no, no. That's worse. <laughs> come on, man. Okay. What's your uh, next uh, one? What's your next? All one? right. Ant and Dame is the exact same as CJ and Dame. No period. It's not the same. You know, there's a lot more agreement in this between me and you than I thought there'd be, but so I'll, I've talked a lot and I, I think you deserve to talk. Um, so really quickly, <laughs> the biggest reason why it's not the same. And I think, again, I, I feel like I'm, I'm stealing other people's good ideas. I think this was from Mike Richmond on the mm-hmm. locked on pod. And I think it's when he, had Danny Meringue on and it was pretty simple. It's, it's a willingness to play a way that compliments Dame more than CJ had that willingness. Yeah. So, and, and like, yeah. And that's, that, that's why it's not the same. I mean, there are other reasons, but that's kind of the big one for me. Yeah. And I don't, for me, it's, I, I agree with that. I'm just not entirely sure if willingness is the right word, but I think when, by the time that Dame and ability? C- well, I don't know. Cause by the time Dame and CJ came into being who they were as a backcourt duo, they were both pretty established with their styles of play. And, you know, they're, we're older than what, you know, CJ was older than what Ant was, you know, and I think Ant is turning the age that CJ was when he got drafted. So like yes. his style that's of enough, play, that's another who, big reason why who, it's different. Who he's going to be, who he's going to be as a player, what you're going to get out of him is kind of pretty well molded. And so CJ played like CJ and him and Dame were great together, but you know, CJ was who he was as a player and he wasn't necessarily at, you you weren't going to get him to change or adapt a style or whatnot. And came up and he has seen Dame play and he has learned from the sidelines, how, you know, how he can be effective with this star player. And now him stepping into this role, it's like I said, it, it is willingness, but I don't know. There's, there's gotta be another word for it. I, I just, cause it's, it's easier for him to mold his game at his age than yeah. it would have been to get CJ to mold his game. So that that's kind of where I fall on that. And, you know, he's make what you will sure, you know, defensive metrics, numbers, blah, blah, blah. I've argued back and forth. You can find certain sites, you know, Raptor scores, LeBron scores, whatever that um, say that he was better or worse than CJ, that he's better or worse than Dame, but definitely there there's, he's got a little more length, a, a lot more athleticism. And in this case, willingness to kind of, 
fill the void. You know, he just got paid. He's heard the criticisms of Dame and CJ as a pairing. He doesn't want, he probably for at this point in his career, doesn't want to be considered just another, you know, CJ and kind of make his own name per se. So I, I there's some motivation there to, to adapt and, and play a certain way. So. Yeah, I, I think that's a good part of it. Um, so and I always look know. at it is if he turns out the same way as CJ, great. Now you've just gotten CJ for how many millions of dollars a year less. And, I mean, if your worst case, yeah, right. If your worst More case scenario tradable. is you, yeah, you got a younger, cheaper CJ. Great. That's a great baseline to start from. Yeah. I, I also tend to believe that Anthony Simons is going to be a better player than CJ. I think there is an ability gap um, there. I think there's mm-hmm. more of a willingness and an ability to be a creator on offense in, in a way that CJ couldn't or, or wasn't. I think that ants probably a, a better three point shooter when all is said and done. I mean, some of this is trying to compare a really large sample to a smaller sample and that can be tricky. Um, but yeah, so I do think it's, it's, fit or willingness age, I think ability. And then I think what you were talking about too, like that where he is in his career and his, like your formative years as a basketball player, what are you molded towards mm-hmm. that, that may have an impact on how you turn out later in your career. And I, I think that's a, that's a good thought. So I do not think it's the same. And I, okay. I think, I think that there, by the way, like not to get too optimistic, I don't think it's so unreasonable to imagine a future where Anthony Simons is an all-star in the West. I don't think that well, that's, I, I don't think that that's unheard of. I don't, I don't think it'll happen amazing. this year, but you know, he could be two years away. I mean, look at how many of the all-star guards have, are getting shipped around, you know, Donovan Mitchell's an all-star. He goes to the freaking East and some sort of trade, whatever happens, you know, other players that are constant all-stars that we're used to seeing, you know, age out, retire, get, get shipped away. Yeah. It's, like it's, if, it's, it's foreseeable. You, he has the ability to become one, but we're not demanding it. <laughs> if you, again, like it's so much more fun to think optimistically than pessimistically. If you imagine that Anthony Simons, the gains he showed last year, let's say mm-hmm. that he, maintains those or, or even 2% better when Dame is off the floor. Right. So he's like the mm-hmm. primary ball handler and Dame's not on the floor. And then when Dame is on the floor, he is such a threat that he provides a little bit of kind of breathing room for Dame, which is something CJ did for sure. Mm-hmm. But that Anthony Simons is an even better three point shooter and can make harder shots. And that like, I mean, yeah. Like, and then imagine the blazers, let's say things go really well and they're winning like 48, 49, 50 games. And Anthony Simons is just excelling in this role. And he, you know, I mean, yeah, like, so I don't think it's totally out of the question. Um, so yeah, there we go. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't think it's the same, not the same. Well, big, and, and like the easiest thing to point to for me is, you know, Dame and Nurk are one of the best pick and roll, pick and pop, you know, duos in the league. You know, if, if CJ and Nurk ever got into a pick and roll situation, did you ever expect CJ to pass out of it? Or was he pulling up at the mid range? Uh, you don't have that kind of like, (laughs) you don't have that with ant. If it's like ant and Nurk in a pick and roll, like it's, it's, you know, he's, he's more willing to pass, create, do, do whatever, dump off to the role, man. But he's more willing. He has better vision. I think Anthony Simons is, is a little bigger than CJ. As you mentioned, I think he's a little lengthier than CJ. I mean, CJ Mm -hmm. has a, a biomechanic advantage of movement, which very few players do, by the way, if you haven't checked out thinking basketball, it's a podcast. It's like very nerdy in a great way. Mm -hmm they had an episode a week ago about 
the specific biomechanic dimensions of athleticism. And they talked about how CJ McCollum has an ability to change directions and, and to decelerate that is the best in the NBA, which is true. And that's something mm-hmm. CJ has that Ant just doesn't have, but um, all to say, yeah, Ant and Dame, not the same as CJ and Dame. Finally. Okay. Next, next one. Second to last, the Blazers are a only a borderline playing team compared to the rest of the West. The, 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 okay. The thing that is, you're making me think the thing that is giving me pause is the word borderline. So, but you said I have to give a hard answer. So I'm, my answer is no. So borderline in this is that they'll be fighting for that nine, 10 spot. No. And again, I I'll short answer to kick back to you quickly. They are probably as much as this is really annoying, probably more likely that they're closer to the plan than the top three. So that's, I, I was like, I think it's more likely that they would be end up in the plan than they would like a top three, maybe even a top four. Mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that, but, but I, but I don't think they will be fighting to get into the plan. I don't think that's going to happen. I, so what are your thoughts about it? For me, it's weird because if you do the exercise of going down, you know, all the teams in the West and whatnot, you know, (laughs) the West is really good, but the West has so many fucking questions on, you know, things can go either way. Like how's this Donovan Mitchell thing going to work out in, in Utah? Are they going to punt, you know, or the Spurs appear to be in full freaking tank mode. The, uh, you know, you have OKC in full, in full tank mode. Um, what the hell are the vibes like in Phoenix? Is that going to implode? I mean, the Blazers are a perfect example of that. When you don't have good vibes, you know, there's, there's not, you know, there's extended Monty Williams that kind of yeah, clarifies I, the leadership there. Yeah. And so like, but still like if, if that implodes and, you know, Deandre Ayton, it's, you know, he just took the money and it doesn't end up working. You know, Chris Paul has proven that, you know, he's a great player, but it's not necessarily the friendliest teammate to play with per se, I think is the rumor out there. So it's weird because like I consider and go Phoenix is better. This team's better. You know, do I think Dallas on paper is better, but Christian Wood isn't as big of an upgrade as I necessarily think a lot of people think he is. And I don't know, you know what Dallas can, is better. I think, I think Luca is like a supernova. I think he's going to step into an MVP year this year. And it may not matter that Dallas is he going to care. Is he going to be in shape? Cause right now the rumors are that he's, he's not necessarily in shape. So, not, I mean, wait, where have you heard that? The rumor is the opposite. Oh, he is I, in shape. Oh, well, if, if round is a shape, then yes. <laughs> round is a shape. But anyway, so it's, it's weird because like, I, I look at, I think this team does have potential to end up in a top five and I struggle to see a world in which a team led by Damian Lillard and there's not catastrophic injuries up and down the roster does is not easily a bona fide top eight team. So, I mean, like, I think they're they're Vegas really good. Yeah. And, you know, I think I can't remember where I heard it might've been locked on. God, we're just giving Richmond so much pub. Uh, But I think I heard it the other day, you know, like Damian Lillard is, you know, him alone on a team is worth 38 wins. And so Vegas, their Vegas win total being at 40 and a half. It's like, I can look at the rest of the roster and pick out like 
six to six to ten more wins out of that and that puts you you know you know right at like a 46 47 48 win total and if the warriors didn't skew everyone's belief or warriors and spurs in that 73 win and 65 win season you know and how easy it is to get to such high win numbers i've been guilty of that you know i think i thought the blazers were going to win 54 last year but you know i it's it's weird i i i think i don't think they're gonna they're only a borderline playing team i think that they are a a guaranteed playoff team here's the 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 only twist to this is the blazers are not particularly deep as currently constructed Mm -hmm. so they're like one injury to the wrong person away from not being very good. That's so, every team in the league to me, pretty much though. Uh, the like, West, what's the, what are the Bucks doing if Giannis goes down? I, 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 I specifically didn't say to Dame on purpose because <laughs> yes, if you take out your best player, it's going to be rough stuff. But um, they're not particularly deep. Um, I, I think when it like when you get to the playoffs, that's not as important. But you have to get there first. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, let's quickly just rattle off these teams and you tell me whether you think they're gonna be better than the Blazers next year or not. Okay. Now we're just directly sealing from Richmond. We're not I don't <laughs> care. I'm looking at ESPN. I'm looking at the Western conference. This will be, this will take one minute. Phoenix suns better or worse than the Blazers better Memphis Grizzlies. Same weird answer. They won 56 games last year, but okay. Golden That's State fine. Warriors. What? How's well, how's Jaron Jackson jr. Going to do? He's probably not going to play. So okay, okay. I'm, Gold- I'm putting them same. Fine. Golden State Warriors. Better. Dallas Mavericks. Worse. Uh, Utah Jazz. Worse. Denver Nuggets. Better. Minnesota Timberwolves. <clears throat> Contrary to popular belief, uh, they got to prove it. So until they do, worse. They won 46 games last year. Don't care. As somebody who is going to be a year better. I lived in Minnesota for, I lived in Minnesota for very many years of my life. As much as I, here's here's how much I know of Minnesota sports. You, (laughs) I would put as much faith in any franchise in Minnesota as me living here would put in the Mariners to win the world series. So I'm just Anthony Edwards. I don't really believe in cat. Go Bears. I believe in Anthony Edwards. So whatever. Okay, fine. great. They're dueling centers thing. Uh, TBD on that. But for me, I'm saying worse. So we got three teams better right now. New Orleans Pelicans. Worse. They are actually no, Zion. no, They're gonna no, no, have no, CJ no, no, whatever. fine. Same. I'm putting them as same. They're in that same Memphis are, category. God, what cool. Los Angeles Clippers. Better. San Antonio Spurs are in the toilet. So worse. And now we're kind of whatever Los Angeles Lakers. Is Russell Westbrook still on this roster? <laughs> okay, fine. Worse. Sacramento Kings. Worse. Oklahoma city thunder. Worse. Houston Rockets. Worse. I, I just, I think you had a couple in, we're done. I think we, Great. So what, I got the Blazers at fifth. What did I say? <laughs> okay. I don't think the Blazers ending at fifth is outside the realm of possibility. That might even be like a optimistic median, right? Like not optimistic at the top of the optimism, but like in the middle, Mm -hmm. it's like an optimistic middle. I just think that you're underselling some of those teams. um, And I I have a strong possibility too, but I think, 
I think people have a tendency to oversell because they, and and I agree that technically the trajectory of a sports team should go this way, but just because a team took a step the previous year does not mean that they're going to continue to take a step the next year. And we've seen that enough in our own thing with the Blazers. I'm eyeballing Memphis and in that one, but they won 56 games. So even if they step back, they're still good. (laughs) Okay, great. I, I put them in the cat and them and the Pelicans are in the same boat as, as the Blazers. I'm, I'm lumping those me, three teams together. If you ask me to go through that, the Blazers would probably end up at like eighth or ninth, which I think is like a pretty reasonable test. I, I don't think, okay. Neither one of us is like right or wrong, except no. I'm right. But like, uh, you know, no, he's I'm, not, I'm kidding. Okay. So there we go. No, what is not. your last what was it? The, uh, oh, you touched the, on this earlier. There was a great segue earlier, but this is, this is the last one. Right, and, yeah. uh, this goes to, uh, Cronin has not proven he is better at roster building than Neil O'Shea. I agree with that. Ah, he hasn't, he in hasn't, your words, Joe Cronin, the same as Neil O'Shea. You heard it here first. No, from it's Bilder, not what I said. <laughs> I am carefully listening to the way you phrase these questions and I'm being very well, mindful well, I'm that I'm glad I answering. just haphazardly typed him out in notes form. Then well, <laughs> I would have you know, better verbiage. I think it's always important that we be very precise with our words. Um, I should never talk like that again. That what you said was that Cronin has proven that he's better than Neil Olshay. And I, not I don't proven. Yes. It's been like one second. What I would say is that Cronin has proven that he is a fundamentally different GM than Neil Shea. He has actually already proven that, which I believe is good. And I believe if you extrapolate that, I believe it will demonstrate eventually that he's better, but he hasn't proven it yet. So that's, yeah. that's why I'm answering the way I'm answering. I have the exact same thought as you. He has, he has not proven it. Uh, uh, Terry, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, God bless your soul. You keep tweeting at me asking if it's, if it's okay to judge the blazers yet. And I keep telling him he has to wait till the end of August, <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, no, you, can, it, you can, I think you can judge. Yeah, you can, it's safe to judge now, but I will never admit yeah. that. I, I said till the end of August, I'm legally obligated to keep reminding him of that okay. until it's the end of August. So that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So no, he hasn't proven he's, he's better at roster building, but uh, to me, he's proven that, like you said, he's, he, is he goes about it differently. I I've always maintained you never heard about a lot of things that the Blazers were trying to do or, or whatnot, or moves that they were attempting to make or players that they were interested in under Olshay. And that was an ego thing because if the Blazers were ever linked to big names and it didn't work out, it would be deemed as a failure on Olshay's part. And how many big names were the Blazers linked to from pre-draft all up until the start of free agency? that we heard about, we heard there was some operating in a public sphere. There were agent pushes to try to get players moved around. Those are things that never would have happened under the old Shea regime because he, again, he was afraid of being viewed at as a failure. So he's, he's different and I'm optimistic about this difference. I agree with you. I also would say that part of the information not flowing very much under old Shea wasn't just him being afraid of being wrong. It was a control issue thing where mm-hmm. I think all by like every anecdotal account of people who worked with him really liked, enjoyed relished reveled in being in control. Mm-hmm. And Cronin does not seem 
to care as much or maybe at all about that as, as a leader, you have to care a little bit about channels of communication. I mean, you understand you're a leader, the certain things when they need, for example, something needs to get to staff. You need to be mindful about how it gets there and when and sequence. Like I totally get mm-hmm. that part, but Olshe, there seemed to be a part of Olshe is like, I want to be the one through which everything rolls and Cronin's yeah. much more like, I just want a better end result. So um, yeah, hasn't proven it is different. I am optimistic. That's my answer. All right. Pause for a moment. We'll come back and close because one of my neighbors is apparently knocking on my door and doesn't respect I'm trying to podcast. I knew I should have put a sock on the door. I will be right back. Go. Okay. (laughs) And I'm back. People were at my door to give me money. That's great. Wish someone come to my door and give me money. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. People just keep showing up at my house and they're like, ah, this proper up. And I'm like, ah, okay. I think this again, (laughs) strangers on the internet coming to your house. Exactly. My wife didn't even inform me of it. So I'm probably selling shit. I shouldn't sell, but uh, that's her fault. She left me in charge. (laughs) This is what happens when you leave the monkeys alone in the zoo. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So no, yeah, I, I agree with all that stuff on the current front. It's it's weird. The one reason that I do keep that I was you know yelling at people, well not yelling, but like how I mentioned Terry earlier, you know, uh, um, it, it, telling people to wait until the end of August is because you didn't know what machinations were, and I'm not gonna keep trying to kick the can down the road because now I could say you know. Are there a lot, do the Blazers have a lot of tradable players, you know? So yeah. Do I expect the roster as is right now to be the exact same one the day after the trade deadline? God, no, you know, but at least, and again, this is another difference is that the organization is willing to admit it. Uh, You know, you have Cronin and people coming out saying we're not as good as we need to be. Right. So, and that's creepy. My light is flickering over there. Uh, if I die, I love you all. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. The, the organization is not as good as it needs to be. They're willing to admit it. They're not trying to sell us a, by this statistical analysis without Farouk Aminu playing the starting forward position, we project to win this many games, you know, none, none of that crap. So I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate <laughs> that they're trying to make this work. And, you know, the biggest thing that I think fans should care about is that the organization now, regardless of how you feel about Jody or whatnot, for the time being feels like they're attempting to take a swing on things and stuff. Yeah. I I agree with that. And by the way, like, again, not to continue plugging the dunked on podcast, but I found it interesting that like a lot of people whose opinion I value pretty highly has said and I've, I've pushed on this with, with several different people, but like that the trade to the Clippers was just bad for the Blazers that, you know, Norm Powell and, and Robert Covington, that trade was bad. Uh, Nate and Danny have a different take, which was kind of my thinking at the time. And then I was like persuaded that it definitely was bad, but basically they were like, the value of Norm Powell's contract was not what you might think it was because of his age, the years and the position he plays and what he offers that because of that, there was the Blazers didn't have many options for that specific trade. Therefore Mm -hmm. the trade maybe wasn't as bad as you would think. But again, I I think the consensus, at least in Blazers land is that that was a bad trade, but all to say that I, I tend to agree with you at a bare minimum, he's doing something different and mm-hmm. I hope that time will tell that it's better. So that's my hope. Yeah. The perspective on that norm deal too, is, you know, it's everybody's individual perception. You know, when norm signed that deal, I think 
most of us all thought that that was a pretty good team friendly deal that we didn't overpay for it. So to then hear outside of the, you know, our blazers bubble that that contract was a little bloated and, and overvalued. Uh, it's, it, it's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow because we all just celebrated how great of a contract it was four months earlier. Yeah. And I, I mean, I tend to think, I mean, here, this is the weird twist. I think that for the Blazers at the time, given the assumptions of team building, which in in that time was, we're not trading CJ. I think given those things and given that you turned, you know, Gary Trent jr. Into Norm Powell who had championship experience and blah, blah, blah. I think that the deal was good for the Blazers at the time. I don't think Mm -hmm. I thought of it as much at the time as like, how many other teams need a player like him if he's properly paid through his prime? I think it runs that contract until he's maybe 33. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, plus the landscape of the NBA changes, and it really does boil down to which team needed a mature, you know, okay on defense, good on offense, smaller guard, Mm-hmm. which contending teams need a player like that who is properly paid. So anyway, and it's hard to speculate. We don't know, but to your we'll point, go through all, we'll go through all this again when the Blazers trade Josh Hart at the trade deadline and everyone is mad because he's a, he's another one of those norm type <sighs> players where a bunch of teams could probably use him. Yeah. Okay. So that's Great. all I got. That's the list. That's what I was able to cobble together from us barely paying attention to anything going on in Blazers land. And congratulations to us for coherent sentences and real thoughts. Mostly coherent sentences, majority real thoughts. Uh, this was a great episode, and I appreciate that you put the work in to make it organized. We will be back at some point in the not too distant future. I'm not exactly sure. We make sure no when. promises. <laughs> we make no problem. Life is happening, man. I mean, again, like it's like. Uh, New Zealand is going to happen next month. Yeah. The marriage is going to happen. Do you want to record? Do you want to record live from the altar? No. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you can live stream the, it. The, yeah, the future Mrs. Goldner, she'll appreciate me just chiming up there to get your opinions oh, on a preseason oh, there will game. Be no, there will be no Mrs. Goldner. We are both keeping our names. Um, oh. actually, we've we've played around with maybe com- creating a new last name and, and sharing it. But anyway, what I can announce, I can announce that I will be wearing. At the altar, brand new Air Jordan 36s. Let's go. Did I overpay for them? Perhaps. Do they look awesome? Yes. Have I ever owned a pair of Jordans? I now understand the price no. of the PS5. Okay. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, you compare, and I my suit from Indochino, so pretty reasonable, okay? Mm-hmm. So, And I think if you if you combine my suit and shoes with whatever Cassie is going to end up paying for her dress, let's not even talk about it. But if you want to reach out to us, you always can do that at welikeTheBlazers.com. You can also find me at GoldenPDX, him at the witty Ryan. Our account as is at LikeTheBlazers. Do you have anything else? I just kind of launched into the end. No, I got, I got nothing. I got all nothing right, else. Well, Ryan, I appreciate you. Thanks for making the time. Sorry about all the changes, but thanks for being flexible. Until next time, we appreciate you. Thank you. And go Blazers. Go Blazers.